0: Hi, how are you? Welcome to the Along Came English podcast. I'm Alina, and today I'm going to talk more about driving in Melbourne. Now, think of this as a part two. Uh, I still have cars on my mind because I have to send my car back to my mechanic for more repairs. Well, more like to get a part replaced. Also, my sister's family came over for Bruno, and we went to uh, Mount Buller. Uh, Which is a ski resort about three to four hours away by car. And because my brother in law was doing most of the driving, I had to explain some of the road rules to him. So I thought that today's episode might have more stories, uh, a bit more talking. Uh, The last episode I did about driving had a pretty good range of vocabulary, but it was still quite general, and I didn't really share that many stories. Oh, yes, um, I. I also have to mention a correction for episode 7 about driving, so angled parking is actually 60 degrees, not 45 degrees, uh, which is what I said in that episode, so that was my mistake. Anyway, I I don't know if you can hear it, but I do have a slight cold uh, post-holiday with my sister, and I'm developing a sore throat, which usually means I'll lose my voice at some point, so I'm hoping to record this uh, before that happens. So yeah, so it wasn't that long that I had a cold and, and for some reason I've lost my voice every time. Um, yeah, uh, it's Melbourne winter, I guess. All right, well, let's begin. Um, anyway, uh, when talking about cars, you may have already noticed some vocabulary differences between British and American English. For example, the back part of the car where you store things is called a boot in British English and trunk in American English. A bonnet is the British English for the part that covers the engine, usually at the front of the car. And in American English, this is called a hood. When it comes to which is wrong or right, it's not really that important. Uh, So I was taught British English growing up, but I had a lot of American influences from TV, cartoons, movies. And living in Australia as well, the country is very closely linked to the UK historically. But it's still very much influenced by America. Now, personally, I use a mix of both uh, when it comes to uh, car vocabulary. Uh, so I say petrol, uh, windscreen, and indicators, which are British English, as they are used in Australia as well. Uh, but I also use rearview mirror and road trip, which is American English. So. You know, nowadays, because of globalization, a lot of native speakers are aware of the differences. Uh, But if you are studying English, the vocabulary might be different uh, depending on which country the textbook is from or who the teacher is from. uh, Sorry, where the teacher is from and things like that. Now, I've been driving for a while, mostly in Melbourne, uh, which is also where I first learnt how to drive. And um, I haven't really had many opportunities to drive elsewhere. Now, I've driven in Brunei several years ago, uh, which has a lot less traffic compared to Melbourne. And the rules are a little less clear as well. Uh, There are a few black spots in the capital of Brunei. Um, So black spots or accident black spots are places where many car accidents have occurred. And in Brunei, these are usually at the large roundabouts. At these large roundabouts, there are three lanes with up to five or six exits, so it's quite confusing and it gets worse during peak traffic. Now, if I'm not mistaken, roundabouts are not that common in Brunei in general. Uh, Traffic lights are the norm over there, so in my opinion, drivers back in Brunei don't quite understand what the rules are um, concerning roundabouts. I mean, these large runabouts are the first of their kind in the country. Um, one of them has an underground tunnel, and when it first opened uh, several years ago, it was actually a thing to drive through the tunnel. Uh, so a friend of mine took a few of us for a drive through this underground tunnel um, as our first time going through it, and all of, <laughs> all of us just went, ooh. <laughs> So yeah, so it's been a few years uh, since, uh, actually a number of years since. So I'm not sure if things are better now uh, in terms of, of navigating uh, true, through um, these roundabouts. But I remember just the sense of insecurity when driving through these. And people weren't signaling properly. Cars were cutting through lanes to get to their exits. Like it was, was pretty crazy. And, uh, oh yeah, and I had a lesson uh, with a Japanese student last night, uh, an English lesson, of course, who had recently gone to New Zealand on a holiday. And he said that he had a bit of difficulty with uh, the roundabouts over there um, because there just aren't that many roundabouts in Tokyo in general. So yeah, so maybe this issue with roundabouts is not that uncommon after all. Uh, but in, in comparison, uh, there are many roundabouts in Melbourne, both small and large. I guess it's useful in suburbs because there's no need to install traffic lights, and it's quite a, a self-sufficient uh, traffic system. Uh, drivers in general understand the rules regarding roundabouts, because if you learn how to drive in Melbourne, you're bound to come across a roundabout whilst learning how to drive, So more so than a hook turn, uh, which I mentioned in episode 7. And the rules are pretty basic. So, you know, if you're going left, you signal left. Uh, If you're going straight, you don't signal. uh, Signal right if you're taking the exit on the right. Uh, Watch out for cars in the roundabout and for cars entering the roundabout. And their signal should tell you which exits they're taking unless they're doing a U-turn. So usually these suburban roundabouts have only one lane uh, with a raised traffic island in the middle, uh, which I guess is for drivers not to just drive through the middle of the roundabout. Uh, So when you get to the main roads, the roundabouts uh, are two lanes or more. So these are a little bit bigger. Um, Now the general rules still apply about signaling, but painted on the road, as you're entering the roundabout, there are arrows to tell you which exit you can go. So usually, um, not all, but usually the left lane is reserved only for cars to exit on the left. And then the right lane has two arrows going straight and to the right so if you're going straight you don't signal if you're going to exit on the right you must signal you get the draw um, so although there are no traffic lights it's really all about timing and courtesy so you don't just cut in front of a car in a roundabout because the likelihood is that the other car will hit you uh, signal properly because it lets other cars know which exit you're taking and just to help them uh, better navigate through the roundabout. Now, closer to the city is where you get the bigger, fancier roundabouts. So there's a pretty massive one near the Royal Melbourne Hospital in the city. Now this one, yikes! Um, it's like traffic management is crazy about making sure you know which lane you're supposed to be on. So there are arrows pointed, painted. Sorry, there are arrows painted on the road. Uh, There are signboards telling you which lane you should be on to get where. And then there are traffic lights to manage traffic flow. So before Google Maps became popular, like this was a pain to navigate. Uh, But now with the app, you know, the the lady tells tells me which lane I should be on to get to my destination. Um, And also, um, I actually went to Canberra uh, several years ago. And they have many roundabouts in their in their city Um, so rather than having massive intersections with traffic lights they just have massive roundabouts just throughout the whole city it was it was pretty impressive. Um, Now why am I talking about roundabouts at length? Well because my brother-in-law wasn't signaling properly when he drove through roundabouts so in You know, in in general, a a lot of drivers have bad habits like driving whilst using their mobile, not signaling properly, tailgating or cutting lanes. And these are things you have to avoid and just be aware of when you're driving. But for him, you know, it it was more a matter of of explanation. In Melbourne, um, traffic police here are are quite particular. So you get fined and, and possibly lose your license if you get caught using a mobile while driving. Uh, all passengers are required to wear seatbelts, so again, I um, you get fined and possibly lose your license. Now, with roundabouts, um, he didn't quite know when to signal, so for the most part he was winging it. So to wing it uh, means to improvise or to do something without full preparation or knowledge. And when I explained it to him, he asked me why the other cars weren't doing it. Well... You know, sometimes it's because the lane already has an arrow pointing to the exit. Uh, Sometimes the driver just didn't signal properly. Um, Like he got honked at by another car at a roundabout while he was making a U-turn, even though he was signaling properly. And he asked me if he was doing anything wrong, and I just said the other driver was just a douche. Uh, So my brother-in-law was driving most of the time uh, because my sister... I was accompanying their two-year-old son in the back seat i was in the passenger seat and they had run- rented a car here during their trip mostly for convenience um, and they stayed with a friend of theirs on the other side of the city for half of their trip so this car was pretty comfortable and as with most rental cars they're pretty new uh, with cruise control and, and rear view reversing cameras so cruise control according to wikipedia Uh, It's a system that automatically controls the speed of a motor vehicle so the system is a type of mechanism that takes over uh, to maintain a steady speed um, that's set by the driver. So it's usually this little lever uh, just behind your steering wheel that you operate. Um, So I noticed that my brother-in-law didn't use the cruise control and I'm not sure if it's because his car in Brunei doesn't have it but it's Pretty convenient to use if you're driving long distances. Also, uh, rear view reversing cameras uh, have become pretty popular in recent years. And it's really convenient if you drive bigger vehicles like vans or caravans. So that's usually a screen on the dashboard which turns on the rear view camera uh, when you put the car in reverse. Now this car we were in had it, uh, but I guess my brother-in-law was not used to using it. Um, in general, uh, so he just didn't pay much attention to it. I've actually tried using it in another rental car. Um, uh, oh yes, from the uh, my last trip to Launceston. And it took me a while to get used to it. It's a little disorienting in a way because you're looking forward, but also looking backward in the screen. Uh, now, there are also um, other things like rear parking sensors. Uh, So instead of cameras, these are sensors which go off uh, when you're reversing or if things are too close to the back of your car. Uh, So I I was offered this feature when I got my car, uh, when I bought my current car, but I declined. Well, I don't really need it, really. Really. Um, but I remember I heard a story from someone who had uh, this feature in their car, and one time she almost crashed into another car because it wasn't working properly, like it was faulty. And she had become reliant on it and didn't look behind her when she was reversing. So thankfully she didn't get into a car accident, but yeah, it, I think it's, it's one of those things where um, technology is not always uh, that reliable sometimes. Now, as for the driving culture, uh, Melbourne drivers are very particular about rules uh, of their right of way, which means the driver's right or authority to drive in a particular situation or place. So, for example, Australia drives on the left. So if you are turning right, you can't just turn right into a perpendicular road any time. Like you have to wait for the oncoming cars on the right side driving in the opposite direction to pass before you can turn right. So they have the right of way. So yeah, so it's kind of weird um, because I feel that driving in Melbourne, uh, sometimes I feel that it's, it's bound more by rules rather than awareness. Sometimes I feel that certain drivers' uh, reaction times um, are sometimes a bit slow because they take their right of way for granted and then don't respond quickly enough. So from experience, um, driving in Melbourne Uh, can be quite monotonous and repetitive most of the time. Like you drive to work and back, drive to the shops and back, day in, day out, week in, week out. So driving is often taken for granted in some way. Uh, I should explain uh, this phrase taken for granted. So um, to take for granted or to take something for granted means to use or treat in a careless or indifferent manner. So it's about not appreciating the value of someone or something uh, quite often we we'll use this to talk about relationships so if a person has a husband or wife a boyfriend or girlfriend that they take for granted uh, means they don't fully appreciate what they do uh, how they contribute to the relationship or to the household, and they don't appreciate them as a spouse or partner. So you can think of, you know, a a TV drama or movie where the leading male character has a girlfriend, uh, but doesn't appreciate her and cheats on her with someone else. Yeah, she's being taken for granted. Now when I'm talking about driving and drivers right of way, I'm referring to how drivers sometimes don't appreciate the importance of being a careful driver on the road and the responsibility, not just for themselves, but for the passengers and the other people sharing the roads. So some people's just, some drivers just think about their rights and their authority on the road, uh, which is why I, I feel sometimes they take driving for granted. I've seen and I've been in situations where a car has very quickly Uh, turned right into a street or location and then the oncoming traffic instead of slowing down continues in their speed and honks at the car instead. So now I'm not saying I'm a good driver uh, but my first reaction would be to avoid the potential accident first by braking and then honk. So I remember I was in a friend's car and he had turned right into a car park but ended up blocking the road because there was a hold up. A hold up Uh, just means a situation causing delay so maybe because there were people uh, trying to find car parks or there was a bit of traffic I guess my friend hadn't noticed the hold up and just followed the car in front uh, or assumed it wouldn't take that long to clear before we could enter the car park anyway um so our car was blocking the road and the oncoming car was a decent uh, distance away and as it came nearer it didn't slow down it honked at us of course and then didn't break until it got very close uh, stopping only a few inches away from our car now i was in the passenger seat and if the other car hadn't stopped in time i could have been hit now I would say my friend was in the wrong um, blocking the road but this was a pretty small road in an industrial area leading to a main road. Uh, The other car had ample distance and time to slow down so if anything happened the other car would have been I guess responsible for any potential collision um, even though legally my friend would have been in the wrong. Now many years ago um, I was in the passenger seat uh, while my sister was driving, and this time this, this was in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And we were trying to enter a busy road from a shopping area uh, within a residential area, a residential neighborhood, and as she tried to squeeze herself onto the road, like another car just honked at us furiously because it was there right away. And I remember quite clearly the other driver was a foreigner. Now legally, my sister's in the wrong here, but the driving culture is a bit different in Malaysia because cars are constantly darting in and out of traffic, so it's expected. Uh, Drivers there are a lot more alert and they slow down even if another car cuts in front of them. Yeah, so when I was in Kuala Lumpur or KL for short, I didn't drive that much at all. I mostly took Uber or Grab Car because it was really affordable over there. And when my dad came over uh, to KL from Brunei, I would sometimes drive him around in our local area, but only to certain places. So in general, uh, driving in KL is pretty complicated because of the many highways, tolls, one-way streets, and just insufficient parking spaces. Like, they are massive malls with multi-level car park, and they're just packed all the time. And quite often... um, uh, people park illegally on the streets, and it's just it's just easier to take an Uber or a Grab car. Uh, now, as for the driving culture in KL, I would say it's more op- opportunistic. Uh, so, opportunistic means, um, according to the dictionary, exploiting immediate opportunities, especially regardless of planning or principle. And I say this pretty. I say this because pretty much anything goes over there and uh, their drivers have to be more alert. Now I'm not saying that there are less car accidents because of this, uh, in fact I would say there are more just for the sheer fact that Kale is a much larger city with a significantly greater population than Melbourne. Now my brother uh, has lived in Kale for about 15 years. And I uh, have feared for my life when I'm in his car. Now he he watches videos on his phone while he's driving. He, he picks up phone calls. He drives even though he's had a few beers. He doesn't signal. Uh, no regard for speed limits whatsoever. So yeah, so a very different way, a very different culture of driving in Kale compared to Melbourne so I think you know I think part of the reason is because there isn't a stringent uh, strict policing system when it comes to traffic violations fines don't really work in KL Uh, the neighborhood I lived in uh, resorted to clamping illegally parked cars uh, because people just don't pay their parking fines and they don't want to pay two ringgit for the underground parking, and two ringgit is like less than one Australian dollar. Yeah, uh, and as for Melbourne, you know, if if you listen to episode seven, it's it's pretty obvious that Melbourne's quite strict about traffic violations. So, and most people would pay their fines, even even parking ones. Uh, most people would not illegally drive if their license was ex- suspended. Although um, I had an ex-colleague who very openly uh, talked about driving, even though his license was suspended for six months, and and he actually drove himself to work anyway. So you know, there's, there's just some people who don't really care. Now, I would like to say that. Melbourne drivers, in general, uh, are more courteous, a bit more polite. So usually um, I would wave to the driver if they gave me space to move into their lane. Uh, so usually they would flash me with the headlights to indicate that they, would let, they were letting me enter their lane. If I'm not mistaken, in Japan uh, there are these robot tails uh, that you can attach to the back of your car um, that you can wave as a thank you to the other car. Well, I say wave, but probably it should be wag if it's a tail, right? On the other hand, there are tailgaters. So to tailgate is an informal word to mean that another vehicle uh, drives too close behind another vehicle. So from experience, drivers tend to do this as a way to intimidate you. So I drive a a small Toyota Yaris and I've been tailgated by cars, trucks, sports cars, you name it. And sometimes they would keep flashing me with their headlights and honk at me to tell me that I'm going too slow even though I'm driving the speed limit. So previously it would make me nervous. uh, But really, you know, if I think about it, if I slow down for any reason, the car behind crashes into me, it's legally their fault. Uh, Now, I wouldn't want a truck to crash into me because no matter whose fault it be, uh, I would come out on the losing end. So, trucks in general have a pretty bad reputation on uh, Melbourne roads uh, because sometimes they can be pretty aggressive drivers um, on the highway. And they often speed because of the power of the engines. And, you know, if if you're kind of in their way, um, they would do this whole tailgating thing as well. So I've also had uh, one tailgate me once. Um, not a massive truck. I think it was a small, smaller one. <laughs> I don't know. They're all still big. And it was honking and flashing behind me, even though I was driving the speed limit. So, yeah. And then eventually it just gave up on me and changed lanes when I found the opportunity. However... I was in a situation one time, and this is a pretty good story actually, well, in my opinion, a good story. <laughs> now, somehow, when I was driving on, on a highway one time, somehow I ended up pretty much surrounded on all sides by uh, massive trucks, uh, which are what you call a B-double truck. Now I had to look up what these types of trucks were, so there are, they're trucks with two trailers, so the front part is actually pulling two container containers and they're massive, like I'll find a picture so you can see it on the website. Um, and Australia has a massive truck trucking industry so it's very common to see them on a highway. And yeah there was just this one time where you know I was in my tiny Toyota Yaris and on all sides I was surrounded by these massive trucks. And and I think, you know, I think one of them actually realized what was happening um, and he or she actually changed lanes so that I could get out of the situation. And when I got out of the situation, um, the truck just went back to where it, to the original lane that it, it was driving on. So I thought that was really impressive like I just thought how courteous that was <laughs> to help me get out of that situation now I have to say this is a rare exception and uh, like I actually shared this is somebody who I knew really disliked trucks truckers on the road um, and he just brushed it aside <laughs> it's like yeah, don't care <laughs> uh, but anyway um, yeah that was my that was my very impressive uh, trucker story Well, anyway, I think uh, that's all about driving uh, for today. I hope this is a more satisfying episode about driving for you and for me. Uh, So don't forget to follow this podcast for more episodes like this. um, And you can find a vocabulary list on the website as well as pictures and things like that. So that you know what I'm talking about. You have a visual reference to what I'm talking about. I've been uploading a new episode weekly, uh, although this one's a little late because my sister came over. But yeah, all right. Have a good day and have a good week. I'll catch you later. Bye.